Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Focusing on the essentials. And when I say we are focusing on the essential, what are we talking about? When I say focusing on that thing which matters, what are we talking about? What does it mean to focus your life around the essentials? What does it mean? To focus your life around the essentials means to eliminate the unnecessary. There are certain relationships that are unnecessary. There are certain people that are unnecessary in your life. There are certain activities that are unnecessary in your life. There are certain actions that you do, certain books you read, certain movies you watch, certain things you do. They are completely unnecessary in your life. And when you say you want to live, you want to focus your life on the essential, you have to eliminate the unnecessary. To focus on the essential, to focus your life on the essential simply means to clear out your life, clear out of your life. Anything that distracts from your goal in life. If you have a goal, there's an objective that you're pursuing. There's something at the back of your mind that you want to achieve. If you want to focus your life on the essential thing, you clear away all the unnecessary distraction. You clear away all the unnecessary garbage. Those things that are just occupying space in your life. As a side, as you know, as a sidebar, how many of us have moved recently? Okay, for those who have moved recently, you will know that if you look at your house, especially if you have lived in the same house for over five years, or living in the same house for over 10 years. By the time you want to move, God knows you have a lot of junk in that house. <laughs> a lot of junk. And it is when you're about to move, that's when you realize that you have shoved a lot of things into different corners of the house. And by the time you start putting them in boxes or put them, you begin to realize, what have I done with this thing? <laughs> Some of those things you don't even know they are there anymore. They are just cluttering your house. They are just filling up your house. And then you have, you know, you have devised a strategy whereby you don't see them anymore. You just shove them in the corner and you never see them anymore. But they are there. But if you want to live your life based on the essentials, you will have to go into the closet of your life and take out all those things. Those anger, those animosity, those grudge, the hatred, the backbiting, all those things that clutter your life, that, that detracts from seeing the very vision of God for your life, you take them out so that you can focus on the right thing. So clearing out of your life anything that distracts from your life. And the Bible gives us a very perfect example of an individual who did not understand what it means to focus on the essential. Luke chapter 10. The Bible tells us of the story when Jesus was visiting the home of two sisters, Mary and Martha. The Bible says that when Jesus came in as the visitor, like every other person, Martha just simply started making preparation to be able to entertain the Lord. Let's pick up the story from verse number 38. The Bible says, now it happened. As they went, that they entered, into a, entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted by, with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you can put your name there, Godwin, Godwin. You are worried and troubled by many things. But one thing is needed, only one thing. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. 
From this verse of the scripture, you see number one, the visitation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was passing through that particular village and saw, you know, go to this place, enter this woman's house. The next thing you see is the purpose of our Lord Jesus Christ's visitation. One thing you must understand about Jesus Christ is that he never does anything for the sake of doing it. There is always a reason, there's a purpose, there's a decision, there's, a, there's an objective behind this action. And when he went into the house of Mary, the intention of uh, behind that particular visit was not to be entertained. The intention was to minister. And the Bible tells us uh, that she, that is Martha, and her sister Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. In other words, Jesus came into the house to teach them. Jesus came into the house to minister to them. Because the Bible said they sat down and they were listening at his way, listening to his word. They heard him speak. So there was a purpose of Jesus' visit. Number three, you will see from that verse of the scripture the distraction of Martha. Martha was distracted by many servants. Number four is the complaint of Martha. Martha felt that because I'm distracted, because I'm serving, many should be doing the same thing. And then finally, you see the response of our Lord Jesus Christ. We say, Martha, Martha, there's a lot of things that you're disturbing your life. But you are missing the point. Okay? So, Allah, you know, if you look at that, if you look closely at the verses of scripture, you will see, you will basically see, the Lord was basically telling matter, matter, eliminate the distractions in your life so that you can focus on the important thing. That's basically what the Lord was telling him. Matter, matter, you are distracted, you are concerned by so many things. The Lord is saying, eliminate that particular distraction in your life so that you can focus on the important thing. The question is, how did matter get to the point where she became so distracted? How did she get to that point? How come the master missed the essential thing? How come Martha missed the idea that Jesus did not come to be entertained? Jesus came to minister. How did Martha miss that particular point? And by extension, how do you, how do I, miss those important things in life? How do we miss the real purpose of our salvation? How do we miss the real purpose of our work with the Almighty God? How do we miss the very purpose of life? How do we miss the what is important in our relationship? What is important in our career? How does it, how do we miss that which is important in our family? How did Martha miss that one important thing? How did she miss it? Let me suggest to you that Martha missed the important thing because Martha was operating by assumption. Martha was operating by assumption. The fact that Jesus walked into the house of Martha, Martha, and Martha automatically assumed that Jesus was more interested in being entertained than being than ministration. So when you assume the wrong things, when you assume that when you assume certain things without basic fact, there is a strong tendency that you are going to miss the essential things. The fact that Jesus Christ visited the home of an individual does not mean that Jesus wanted to be entertained. The fact that you are in church and you are given a responsibility does not mean that you will miss the very focus of why you are serving the Almighty God. Martha assumed that Jesus wanted to be entertained and she can, and we cannot live our lives based on assumption. We will miss the point of life. We will miss the point of our relationship with God if we assume the wrong thing. And that's why people assume that the very purpose of life is just to live, walk, pay bill and walk, pay bill, walk, pay bill. That's why a lot of people miss the assumption. They assume that their life is just about the food that they eat. They assume that their life is all about taking care of this physical body. When they make that assumption, they miss the important thing. And you can, you know, one thing I want you to understand that they get, they get the fact about life. You don't operate by assumption. In everything that you do, make sure you get the facts. Make sure you get the facts about your life. 
Make sure you get the fact about where God is taking you. Make sure you get the fact about the direction that God is taking you in your relationship with your family, with your children, in your place of work. Get the fact. Do not operate on assumption. And many Africans, when they come to America, they do a lot of assumption. You assume that once you come to America, I can never get a very good job. So what do we do? Everybody rush into nothing. Everybody rush into one particular kind of, particular kind of job. Because we assume that we can never make ends meet in other fields of war. Because other people, the uninformed people that we have been relating with, that is the direction that they go. You do not operate your life by assumption. You operate by fact. And a man who operates his life by assumption will miss the important things. Because you just assume that that's how things are. Number two, how did Martha miss the important thing? Martha missed the important thing because she was expecting support for her assumption. She was expecting life to respond to her assumption. Because she assumed that Jesus first wanted entertainment, she especially thought that Martha would join in the frenzy of running up and down and preparing food for our Lord Jesus Christ. When you expect the world to support your false assumption, you are going to be disappointed. Just like May, just like May, Martha was disappointed. If we are going to live by design, we cannot expect the world to embrace and support our assumption. Martha was genuinely concerned about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Martha was actually believed that Jesus Christ wanted to be served. But he forgot that Jesus Christ did not come there to be served, but he came to serve. He forgot, she forgot that. And she expected her sister to join in that particular service. And therefore, she was genuinely frustrated when Martha refused to join in that particular frenzy. Expecting others to support our assumption is a recipe for disaster, is a recipe for disappointment, is a recipe for frustration. When you expect everybody to do what you are, you know, what you assume life is, when you operate the way you think life should operate, you are with, you are setting yourself up for frustration. Number three, how did matter miss that one important thing that the Lord was about to communicate? Number three is because matter was operating by distraction. Her life is based upon being busy. She was that kind of person who was touching so many things. She has to be moving. She has to be busy. And that is what we find in this particular culture right now. People have to be entertained. People have to be busy. They have to be jumping from one thing to the other. I remember when my daughter was growing up. And if you keep her to, if you tell her to stay still for a while, you say, I'm bored. I'm bored. I said, then entertain yourself. You have to find a way to keep yourself from being bored. The situation we find ourselves in our culture right now is that we want to constantly be entertained. And in the process of being entertained, you are distracted. You cannot focus on what is important in your life. You do not set aside time to think about your life, to think about the direction that your direction that your life is going, to evaluate how how you are doing based on the goals that you have set for yourself. We don't have the time to operate because we are operating by distraction, and that was how matter was operating, and that was why she missed that important thing. Because when you are distracted, you cannot focus on that which is important. Mary was trying to listen and entertain at the same time. There is this fallacy that we are told in our culture that you can multitask. And that is why you drive in the you are in the traffic and you are driving. And the lady has one hand on the on the steering, another hand, that same hand is holding the makeup kit, the other one is doing like this, and they are in the bus stop and they are and they are, and they are trying to drive. And then at the end of the day, you say, Busa, you say, sorry, I that person stopped. Yeah, I didn't see the car from coming anyway. It was because you are distracted. We're trying to do so many things, we're trying to multitask at the same time. And yours truly is also guilty. Every now and then you all take out your, you take out your phone and you're trying to check your email while you are on the one hand and you are doing like this. 
And you can tell when we are doing that on the freeway because the car starts slowing down. It starts slowing down. You start, you say, this person is, is, is looking at their email. I pray nobody from T-Dot is watching so that they will not, they will not send me tickets for violating traffic law. But the point we are making is that you cannot, you cannot eat your cake and have it when it comes to the things of life. You have to be focused. And Martha missed that important thing because she was living a distracted life. Number four, Martha missed that one thing because she did not know the difference between what is good and what is right. There is a difference between those two things. There is something that is good for you and there is something that is right for you. If you don't know the difference, you are going to conflict those two things together. If you don't know the difference, you are going to walk against yourself. It is good for us to sleep, but it is not the right thing to be doing on Monday morning when you are supposed to be in the office. I hope you know that. If you don't know that, if your boss decides to send you home and say, go on and continue to sleep, you have nobody to blame. The point you are making is that Martha missed the important thing. Martha missed that one thing because she did not know the difference between what is good and what is right for her. And if you are going to live our lives by design, we must learn to differentiate between what is good for us and what is right for us. It is good to have relationships. But is that particular relationship the right one for you? There is a challenge, a constant challenge that will always take place between what is good and what is right. A lot of things are good for us, but very few things are right for us. Because Martha did not know the difference between what is good for her and what was right for her, she ended up wasting that unique opportunity to be ministered to by the Almighty God. Jesus was sitting right there in her living room. And because she did not know the difference between what is good and what is right, she allowed that opportunity to just go away. And many of us are missing opportunities that way. Many of us are allowing things to just slip by our hands because we don't understand the difference between what is good for us and what is right for you. Two different things. There's nothing wrong with something good for you. It's just that it may not be the right thing for you to be doing at that time. Okay? My brothers and sisters, if you don't know the difference between what is good for you and what is right for you, you will waste your talent. You will waste your resources. You will waste opportunity. You will waste the chances that God gives unto you. And you will miss the opportunity of what Christ has to offer for us. If we don't know the difference between the two. Paul the Apostle understood this very well. And that's why in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says something very important. He said, all things are lawful unto me. But not all things are expedient. In other words, certain things. Paul say, in other words, Paul say, I know the difference between what is good for me and what is necessary, what is important for me. I know what is good for me, what I should be doing, and I know what is necessary for me to do. There are some things that is good that you should do. There are some things that you must do. And if you don't know the difference, you will end up messing a lot of things up. In other words, you must know the difference between what is essential for your life, for your, for your salvation, for moving forward, and you must know what is not essential. Okay? And that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter, in Luke chapter 10, that we read, verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto Martha, say, Martha, Martha, wake up. You are worried about so many, 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 many useless things. It's good to feed your guests. It's good to prepare a nice table before them. 
But it is also very good for you to receive the word of life that I'm giving unto you. Matter, matter, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing that is needed, you are missing it. You are missing it. And life becomes a disappointment. Life becomes frustrating if you miss that one thing. The question is, what is that one thing in your life that is needed and how can you identify it? What is that one thing that you need? To be able to move from where you are to where you need to be. How can you identify? What is that one thing in your life? What is that one thing in your family? The one thing that your career needs. That one thing that will make, that will set you apart from the whole world. What is that one thing and how can you identify it? How can you identify it? This is a question that has plagued a lot of people all over the century. Throughout the, throughout the church age. The world has always wondered about that one thing. And that's why you have seminars. That's why you have uh, motivational speakers. That's why you have preachers. We are always looking for that one thing that will set us apart. And the man who is able to find that one thing, it differentiates the life of a successful person and the life of somebody who is not so successful. Many have tried and they are still trying to answer that question. What is that one thing and how can I find it? And for you to live your life by design, you must answer that question. You must identify your own one thing. When you mention the name of my Michael Jordan, what comes to your mind? Basketball. Right? In the days when they were still doing Carl Lewis, what do you see? You talk about track and field. When you're talking about boxing, when you mention Muhammad Ali, that's what the first thing that comes to your mind. The point I'm making is that these individuals understood the one thing that set them apart. And they gave it their all. It shaped their thoughts. It shaped their direct, it shaped their thinking. It disciplined their mind. It moved them in the direction that they want. The question is that if you are going to live by design, you must identify that one thing that God has set for you. And the question then is, how do you identify that one thing that is essential for your life? How do you identify that one thing that sets you apart? And you must, for you to be able to identify that thing, I'll give you a couple of things. The first one is that you must get what is called a revelation. The Bible tells in the book of Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29. Reading from verse number 9, from verse number 18. The Bible says, where there is no revelation. In the King James Bible, it says, where there is no vision. He said, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. In other words, the Bible is saying, where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, a desire for future, where there is no revelation of a desired future, the people will live anyhow. They will live anyhow. They will cast off restraint. They will not be, they will not be restrained. Because they have nothing to guide them. When there is no vision of where you are going, it's just like you remember in those days when there was no, when there was no map quest. Sorry, when there was no uh, Google map and there was all there, you know, there's no GPS. When you have to open your, uh, what do you call it? Open that to your map and you start looking for where you are going and the man is sitting there, he's sitting in the steering wheel. Instead of him to tell his family that he's lost, he will not tell them. He said, yeah, I think we are here. I think we are here. And start driving around the circle, driving around. After three hours, they are lost. They will not ask the question. Oh boy, ask the man going on the street, that where are we? He will not because he's a stubborn guy. The point we are making is that where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, where there is no direction of how the future looks, people live anyhow. And if you are a driver, you drive anyhow. You just wander around the street because you don't know where you're going. So when there is no vision, life is lived carelessly. Where there is no vision, life becomes aimless because you are not aiming at anything. You are not pursuing anything. 
There is no objective in life. Where there is no vision, discipline becomes absent because you don't know what you need to do to be able to get to where you're going. Where there is no vision, there is no restraint. And the question is, why is this? Why is it vision? Why is it that when there's no vision, people live anyhow? The reason is because uh, the vision of a possible future is what focuses your attention to where you're going. If you have a vision that you are going to downtown Nashville, it has a way of focusing your attention. It has a way of keeping you on the lane. It has a way of keeping you on the freeway to get you to where you're going. So vision focuses your attention. Vision clarifies your priorities. Because if you have a destination that you are going, then you know how to make priorities as to how to get there. Vision imposes discipline upon you. It forces you to do things that you must do in order to get to where you are going. Vision selects your associate because it tells you not everybody is good around you if you want to get to where you are going. Students who want to be, you know, who want to master their classes, who want to become A students, you don't hang out with the party goers if you want to score the A's. You don't. What you do is that you begin to select your associates. You select the people that you want to hang out with if you want to achieve your objective. So vision dictates and directs your life. It tells you what you must do and what you cannot do. Vision determines your value. What you consider important, what you consider unimportant. Vision is what gives you all that. But most importantly, the vision of your desired future helps you to determine between what is good for you and what is not good. It helps you to determine what is essential and what is not essential. Okay? And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, reading from verse number 6, the Bible says, My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. In other words, when you don't know where you are going, when you don't know what God has designed for you, when you don't know what God has promised you, when you don't know the things that God has determined to do in your life, you live anyhow. When you don't know, have a knowledge of what God has purposed for you, you will begin to act against yourself. You will begin to do the things that will sabotage the plan of God for your life, if you don't know. It's just like you don't know that you are the person, you are the, you are the, you are the owner of a particular building, and you are given the responsibility to take care of that building. You say, well, that's a waste of time. How would I be taking up this thing, nonsense thing? And what happened? You allow that business to fall, not knowing that you are actually the owner of that particular building. When you don't have a vision of the future, you walk against yourself. Okay? You will do things that will stand against your own progress. And that is why, my brothers and sisters, you need a revelation from God. To, uh, you need a revelation from God. You need a God to identify, to show you that one thing that will set you apart. And the question is, what are the danger if you don't know? If you don't know that one thing for your life, if you have no idea the things that God has put in place for you to be able to take you to where you are, where you are going, if you don't know what are the dangers, my brothers and sisters, the first danger of not knowing what is important in your life is that you become distracted. You live a very distracted life. Because you think that you are supposed to be going in a particular direction when God is asking you to go this direction. Number two, you waste opportunity and resources. You waste time. You waste your energy. Not only that, your growth becomes limited. Because if you are doing the things that you are not equipped to do, you put in a lot of effort. But when you are doing the thing that you have been designed to do, it becomes effortlessly. It's done effortlessly. 
So when you do not know that one thing that God has called you for, your growth and potentials will be limited. Not only that, your dream and your purpose in life may become aborted because it's not fulfilled. Because you are doing the things that is not allowing it to grow. And not only that, you begin to live a life of failure and frustration. Many of us when we were growing up, at least I remember it for myself when we were growing up, you had a dream of where you are going to be. You had a dream that when I turn 20, this is what I will do. When I turn 30, this is what I will do. When I become 40, 50, 60, whatever age that we are, we had a dream, we had a vision. And for those of us who lined up at the Lake Crescent in Nigeria when you are trying to get a visa to come to America, you had this view that when you come to America, you were going to do, you were going to conquer the world. There were so many things that you were dreaming about. What happened? Is it because you are lazy? No. Sometimes it's because we are distracted. Sometimes because the vision is not properly done. Sometimes because of the one thing we have missed that God is speaking into our ear. So revelation, if you don't have it, these are the things that happen. Life becomes frustrating. Life may end up being a failure. If focusing on the essential is so important, the question that always bugs my mind when I do things like this is, why is it that people are not doing it? Are you telling me people don't know that they have to be focused in order to be successful? Are you telling me people don't know that when they live, when they don't understand the purpose of God for their life, they become distracted? People know. The question is, why are they not pursuing it? Why is the church not pursuing it? Why is the church not teaching people to pursue this kind of a thing? Why? The first thing I just want to say is this. Like many other things that are beneficial for us, we don't do it because they are not easy. They are difficult. Focusing on one thing that is only good for you, focusing on that one thing is very difficult. Because there are so many things that are calling for your attention. So many things that are saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And before you know what's happening, if you do not pay attention, you will find out that you have already diverted your attention in a different direction. So many people don't do it because it's too difficult. Many people don't do it because they don't even know how to do it. They have not been trained to do it. The church has been very good at bringing people to Christ. But we have not been good at teaching people how to live for Christ. And living for Christ has both the spiritual element and the physical element. Please understand that. When you are born again, your spirit is transformed. God does that work for you. But there is also the physical element of things. And that's why we talk, well, that's what we talked about in our life class this morning. When we talk about maturity. When you don't know how to grow in grace, when you don't know how to mature in the faith, you will find out that the essential things become lost in you. You don't know what is important for you. And many people don't pursue these things because they just don't know. Many people don't pursue it because it is not common. It is not common. You find that the people who are actually very disciplined are few. The people who are focused on their dreams, they are few. Most people live their life carelessly. Most people live their life anyhow. Most people associate anyhow. The reason is because that's the only way you appear like a cool, understanding, the guy that is involved. That's how you get all the beautiful friends. That's how you win friends and influence people. By not having any direction. But you find out that the men and the women who are focused, they are not common. And so you see that's why people don't do it. People don't do it because it takes a lot of efforts. It takes a lot of work. You have to apply yourself. You have to go to the point that where you become, where, 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 where you risk the, you, you risk being called a boring human being. Because it takes a lot of effort. But when you do focus on your, uh, on those important things in your life, when you identify that which is important for you and you focus on it, the first thing you see is that your life begins to fall into order. Things begin to line up for you. 
They might be rough initially when you are trying to organize things. But eventually when you organize things and you begin to focus on your essential things in your life, you will find that life begins to have order. Life begins to have purpose. No, you begin to know how to say no to certain things. Because one of the biggest problems we have as humans is the ability to say no. I want to be a nice guy. So when you come to me, I want to be able to say yes, I want to be able to help you with everything. But my brothers and sisters, I cannot do everything. It is not possible for me to do everything. Because number one, I'm limited in resources, I'm limited in time. But when you know that one thing that is important for you, and you line up your life based on that one thing, when somebody comes in and they're asking you to do something that would, that would take you out of the direction that you are going, you can say no, because you know it doesn't work for you. You can say no, because you already know that this is not going to take me to where I am going. But when you don't know, it becomes very easy for you to say yes all the time. So a life that is... Focus on the essential is a life that can say no easily. It's a life with a clear vision. I know where I'm going. I am not distracted. People can jump up and down. People can do all sorts of things. I can. I know where I'm going. And that's why when disappointment comes, when failure comes, when there is delay, when you're not moving as fast as you go, there is something that is focused in your mind. There is something that keeps you steady. And that's what the Bible tells us. That when Abraham, the Lord gave him a promise, 25 years, the child, Isaac refused to come. Abraham kept on believing. Why? Because Abraham knew what was important. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.